to you by Chemistry. Hello, brought to you by Chemistry listeners. I'm Dan Corbel, and I'm here with my colleague Stephanie Metzger at ICCM5 in Bonn. And ICCM5 is organized by the United Nations Environment Programme. And it's the fifth session of the International Conference on Chemicals Management. So just like the UN Plastics Treaty negotiations we joined earlier this year, this is a big affair with some 1,100 people from, and I counted this earlier, 140 countries. And a huge chunk of those people are part of government delegations from UN member states. But there are also loads of international organizations, businesses and uh, non-governmental organizations such as ourselves. You might wonder what this is all about then. Well, it's a bit of a story and we thought we'd let our colleague Dr. Camilla Alexander-White give you a little tour of international chemicals management and what uh, led us to this week's fifth ICCM session. ICCM5 is one of a series of these larger conferences that really bring together all of those involved in the member states of the United Nations that are working on chemicals management issues more generally. And it brings together people working on the strategic approach to international chemicals management, that's SICEM, the Basel, Rotterdam and Stockholm conventions that are called the BRS conventions, Minimata convention, which is around mercury pollution, and now recently uh, the Plastics Treaty And the one that we're most interested in at the Royal Society of Chemistry, which is the Science Policy Panel for Chemicals, Waste and Pollution. So these two um, latter resolutions from UNEA in 2022 on the Plastics Treaty and the SPP, uh, why we're really attending these conferences and becoming much more engaged with the work of the United Nations so that scientists can go along and interact with the policymakers and the parliamentarians at these bigger conferences such as ICCM5. Thank you to Cam for that great overview of how we got here. And now Steph... um is going to give you a bit about this week and what ICCM5 may or may not end up delivering. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Yeah, this is uh, a really exciting week here in Bonn. Uh, We are here for the International Conference on Chemicals Management 5, as Cam mentioned. And the topic discussed this week is the successor to the SICAM agreement, that strategic approach to international chemicals management. And the pandemic delayed the negotiation of the new framework for a few years. So we're now finally getting to the point where we can um, come up with the next step, the next iteration of SICAM, um, which admittedly uh, did not achieve its goals. So all of the countries, all of the organizations here in the room are really hoping to create a new, stronger framework that will appropriately manage chemicals and waste to prevent harm to human health and harm to the environment um, in a way that all stakeholders are engaged and committed to the process. Um, And we're hoping for some more ambitious targets um, and ambitious commitments um, from countries and from other organizations involved um, to strengthen the international community's work on this issue. So yeah, we're really excited to be here this week and looking forward to uh, a week of probably uh, 
a bit difficult, but hopefully very productive negotiation. We met loads of people here from government delegations, industry associations and NGOs, and we've picked two sets of stakeholders we hope you'll find particularly interesting. One is the Chemicals and Waste Youth Platform, and we spoke to Luis Palomo Codero from Costa Rica, Alexis McClellan from Okinawa, Adam Cooper from the US, and Jorge Solis Portillo from Guatemala. And the other one is the International Sustainable Chemistry Collaboration Center in Germany. And we spoke to Dr. Anna Becker and Dr. Claudio Cinquemani. Enjoy. Well, my name is Luis Diego Palomo Cordero. I'm from Costa Rica and I'm part of the Chemicals and Waste Youth Platform. But also I represent the junior researchers from Latin American region. And I'm part of a environmental program who developed a, a viral and epidemiology cohort um, of youth exposed to pesticides in a banana plantation. Hi, my name is Alexis McClellan Ufugusku. Uh, I'm indigenous uh, Uchinanchu, so people of the island of Okinawa slash the Riku Island chain. I'm also here with the Chemicals and Waste Youth Platform, but more specifically, I'm part of an organization called Axils, and we're a group that seeks to study not only Rikyuan history, but Rikyuan politics, um, and we are a Uchinanchu organization for Uchinanchu people, so how we can go about uh, creating our own future as indigenous peoples. Yes, my name is Adam Cooper. I'm also here with the Chemicals and Waste Youth Platform. I'm a PhD candidate in atmospheric chemistry at the University of California, San Diego, where I study the transfer of micropollutants, including chemical waste, from the ocean into the atmosphere. I'm also a community organizer with the Sunrise Movement, where we've mobilized young people to confront the pollution crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border and the highly polluted Tijuana River Valley. Jorge, let me come to you. Could you introduce yourself and tell us why you're here? Hi there, I am Jorge Solis. I am from Guatemala. I am a teacher of organic chemistry at Universidad de San Carlos de Guatemala, and I coordinate um, a green chemistry academic group we manage to teach uh, students and to engage them into green chemistry, sustainable chemistry, and circular chemistry. I am also part of the Chemicals and Waste Youth Platform. Could you tell us a little bit about the Chemicals and Waste Youth Platform? So the Chemicals and Waste Waste Youth Platform is a consortium of over 600 individuals from throughout the world who are all under the age of 35 and trying to affect change on chemicals use management in their own communities. So it was established a few years ago as a way for us to all be more coordinated and also be in conversation with each other. But this is the first youth delegation uh, that the platform has ever been able to send to an ICCM. So we're all very proud and humbled to be selected to be here. That's great. So could you maybe tell us a little bit how you got involved in that? Because many of our listeners will be um, yeah. <laughs> practicing chemists, chemistry teachers, students of chemistry, or aligned disciplines, um, or maybe not not uh, not related to chemistry at all. How do you get involved in this? So uh, there's an application process involved in this, right? Uh, to to become part of the platform. How how did you go about this? I think that we all made essays on the on the application form, but some of the questions that we were asked on the application was 
what we could bring up for the table, uh, policy making, and, and as I been in this week, I have noticed that everything is not about hard chemistry, about being like a specialist. That really it 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 is how chemistry is managed, and also uh, how people that are affected can express how they feel about the chemicals and waste and how they manage all of these things in their communities. Yeah, I came across the application in an email listserv, um, so a group where other young folks can share these types of opportunities. And that's the one thing I really appreciate about our generation is bringing a culture of abundance that we're not competing with each other, but that we can share these things all applied to them uh, and then folks will get to where they need to go. So I'm also part of the Global Indigenous Youth Caucus. Um, and so I came across the Chemicals and Waste Youth Platform via that community group that we have on mostly Facebook Messenger. Um, but I think one of the reasons that I was encouraged to apply, I'm not a chemist by any means, I'm a historian. Um, and one of the reasons that my friends and my mentors were really encouraging me to actually come to this conference where I feel very out of my element is that as indigenous peoples and colonized and post-colonized peoples all over the world know is that we are um, disproportionately impacted by particularly the lack of chemicals waste management um, that a lot of the global north doesn't really think of. And for us as indigenous peoples, we very rarely get to at least in the case of Uchinanchu, because we don't have a treaty um, with other countries, we don't have opportunities to engage in multinational dialogues very often. So to be able to be here and actually have the attention of nation states is a really important opportunity. Thinking about ICCM5 in this week, we are quite a few days in. There are not that many hours on the agenda. <laughs> <laughs> If we get this over the line, what impact do you think this new framework on international chemicals management could have on the environment, on people? I think it's critical. We have an international framework, so we can finally start reducing pollution, not just pushing it somewhere else. I think we've seen a lot of companies in the Western historical global north um, really push their chemical plants um, within their countries to places with low socioeconomic status, but also exporting their pollution and keeping the profits and keeping the products back home. And so with an international framework that will hopefully be stronger, more ambitious, and better funded than the previous one this one is replacing, we can finally actually start doing the work of reducing chemical waste and getting better chemical management. I, I think that as a, a citizen from a developing country, this framework is meant to protect our people because we are the ones that get really affected by this. And emerging economy, economies can try to drive up by by using this framework. This framework is supposed to take care about our population, about giving consumers extra information and to generate data, consistent data to make an action. And I think that, that it's really novel that at least uh, society and the whole world is trying to make up something. I think that also this is a good space to know um, what things we have worked and what things do not have 
uh, good advance, but also to reflect or make or made conscientious about um, if we are in the good way, <laughs> thinking that uh, our researchers still prove that there are highly hazardous pesticides in biological samples and also organophosphates still being applied in our in developing countries so uh, this is a good point to to know what is going to happen for the next years because outcomes still appearing since before 2020. <laughs> so if you had to pick one challenge that we need to overcome to make this framework a, a success, what would that be? I think I have a rather simplistic answer, and that's just the multi-tiered na nature of what is trying to be done. There's the government sector, and there's the private sector. In the case of our islands, there's also the military agenda of the United States and getting all of these different actors with their let alone like within each country and all the other countries getting along the the fact that there's just so many people who have to agree as a baseline for this to yeah. be a success i i find a little scary <laughs> <laughs> hi daniel my name is claudio claudio cinquemani um, I have a background in environmental engineering and hold a PhD in chemistry. I used to work for academia and nearly a decade in polymer uh, engineering. Um, and with that experience, I joined the IEC3 as director of science and innovation. My name is Anna Isabel Becker. I'm the policy director at the International Sustainable Chemistry Co Collaborative Center. And uh, our role, my role, is to um, anchor the concept of sustainable chemistry on national, regional, and international level. Thank you very much. Um, could you maybe tell us a bit about your organization then? Um, the IEC3 promotes sustainable chemistry for a sustainable world. And the aim is to link science, politics, and society worldwide to support the development of uh, sustainable solutions. The guiding principle of all these actions is uh, that sustainable chemistry supports the needs of the present without compromising the ecological, the social and the economic needs of future generations. And this is obviously inspired by the most renowned uh, definition of sustainability by Ms. Brundtland. The IEC3 is an international center and uh, that fosters the transition of the chemical and chemical-related uh, sectors to sustainable chemistry. And therefore, the center takes a multi-stakeholder approach. So we're targeting policymakers, the public and uh, private sectors, as well as academia and, uh, and a civil society. The IC3 contributes to um, international chemicals policy, professional and academic trainings, we do offer advisory services. Um, we, in in the field of innovation, we support entrepreneurs and um, and finally research, of course. So to give you a view into our work, for instance, we have run our annual investor forum for startups this year here at the ICCM5, and brought them together with um, with investors. 
And at the same time, we supported our commissioner, which is Federal Ministry for the Environment, in promoting sustainable chemistry again here at the ICCM5. So, Federal Ministry, that's the German Ministry? That's the, that's the German Ministry, yes. Great, thank you. So, we are here at ICCM5 and uh, we've been talking for quite a while about a new framework on international chemicals management. If we do get this over the line, what impact do you think this could have? What, yeah. What's your view on that? Actually, uh, we are advocating for sustainability, which has three dimensions from our point of view. Um, since you since you said en environment, I, I would like to to aside envi environment put that it has a social and also um, an economical aspect. Maybe I can give you an example here for a social aspect. The social dimension in international chemical management must be kept in mind in future cycling processes for example by increasing the inclusion of marginalized groups such as indigenous people, women, children, um, youth and, and disabled and that would, be, um, that would be leaving no one behind as we understand it. A, a concrete example would be the waste, waste plastic problem in India is not solely an environmental problem but it's also a social issue. So waste pickers make their living from waste and need to be included in considerations when, uh, when tackling waste problems. Otherwise, we won't find solutions that fit for the entire society. Thank you. That's a really nice and holistic uh, view of this. We're back in the UK now after a long week and a long lie-in on Sunday morning to recover. And... We're just sitting down here to discuss the outcome of the week. And I think we're actually quite pleased with how it went. Um, there, was, there were some moments where we weren't sure if they were going to make an agreement or not. Um, but ultimately, they did. It, it went until Saturday morning at 10.20 a.m., uh, even though the conference was supposed to finish on Friday afternoon. But ultimately, in the night, uh, the countries got together, and they did finally agree on some of those last bits that they weren't sure about. And so... We think that actually this is really a forward-looking agreement. Uh, don't you think so, Cam? Um, do you have any thoughts about what happened this week? Well, you know, some say that these larger gatherings of the United Nations are just talking shops and that they go on for a long time and nothing ever happens. And in some cases, I think many have thought that SICEM, which started off in 2006, um, has not really delivered on all the objectives and the ambition that it set out to achieve by 2020. But progress is being made slowly and surely. Um, the vision, the objective and the targets that have been discussed at ICCM5 are a fresh approach, a fresh set of objectives that give an overarching global framework such that then nation states can look to develop chemical strategies, chemicals policy and regulation, looking to that real global steer from the outputs of these kind of conferences. Yeah, I think you're right, Cam, that this is quite an ambitious agreement compared to the last one. Um, this new agreement is called the Global Framework on Chemicals. And I think that despite the difficulties in the negotiations, uh, the countries did come together in the end to make a strong agreement. Um, it took all night, Friday night to Saturday morning, but they got there. 
And they did um, actually agree on some new and more ambitious targets, uh, including, for example, a target to phase out highly hazardous pesticides by 2035. And the new agreement also included a new trust fund, the Global Framework on Chemicals Trust Fund, to help to uh, provide financial support for countries who are still working on building up their capacity uh, on chemicals and waste management. So that was really good as well. Um, this is always something that is an important point of these sort of agreements that you can't have a mandate without the money to back it up. So this is a pretty, um, pretty impressive agreement in the end, actually. And um, I think this was also really important because it's going to be a stepping stone on our journey at the RSC and our involvement in, uh, in UN negotiations. The next one we're attending will be in Jordan in December to negotiate the new science policy panel on chemicals, waste, and pollution. And um, this is, as the name implies, even more focused on the science and the evidence that is needed to accurately, to, to appropriately manage chemicals, waste, and pollution. And so we're really excited to be in the room for that. We think we can make some big contributions. And, um, and yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to it coming off a, a good week last week to continue our work. So um, thanks everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this little behind the scenes into the International Conference on Chemicals Management and Global Chemicals Framework Negotiations. And uh, we'll see you at the next one.